Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. Alright, welcome in everybody another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you, thank you, thank you, each and every one of you for making this podcast possible, for making this program possible, and for spreading the word. We've got big announcements to make on the show today. We'll talk a lot of fantasy football as well. So, uh, again, episode 134, One Man's Opinion. My name is Jeff Manns. By the way, you hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. I host the Elite Sports Show. 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time there. I'm also part owner and chief content officer of fantasyguru.com. All things seasonal, daily, betting. That's with a T, by the way, B-E-T-T. I always think like I'm a mattress guy or something. Also, data analysis, uh, media, entertainment, shows, live streams. It's all there. Fantasyguru.com is the place to be. Check it out. We've got our NBA and NHL dual package, the MVP package, available to you right now, as a matter of fact. And we discounted that massively for it. all of our football people that want to get in. Dive in on daily fantasy basketball, daily fantasy hockey, betting on hockey, betting on basketball, betting on college basketball. It's all part of it, ladies and gentlemen, and our hockey team in particular. Shout out to my dudes, Sharkbait, Jorge Pucks, Ryan Clifford. These guys are Nick Rodriguez crushing it. My God, the amount of screenshots with winning DFS plays and bets. Uh, Just search Elite Mafia on social media and you'll see what I talk about, but there you guys go. Find me at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, the Jeff man's all one word, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. If you are listening for the first time ever, well, thank you for stumbling upon this here program. We do it once a week, although we've got big move moves and shakes coming up here as well. I want to welcome in for the first time ever, the listeners of Stitcher, Pandora, and the SXM app. They have joined the One Man's Opinion family, and I'm very, very proud to announce and reveal that we are officially live on Pandora, Stitcher, and on the SXM app uh, currently going forward. Wow, I'm over the moon. Thank uh everybody at Sirius XM for making this possible. Thank you to Jacob Stevens Kittner. Thank you to Sandro Anello and Phil Backert and the Steve Cohen and everybody responsible. I know there are people I'm forgetting with the, in the podcast department, but uh, I'm excited about this. I'm very excited here to be live on the app and everything else. Now, remember, folks, if you are on SiriusXM or Pandora, this is a, a uncensored podcast. This is a podcast that will contain explicit content. I will curse, things like that that I don't do on the radio. So make sure your, your sensitive ears are covered. Uh, if it's not for you, if you're like, wow, this guy's nice and clean on the radio and he's not on podcast, totally understand. But you know, probably tune out because I'm going to drop the, the all the words. I, I talk like normal people talk on this show. All right. Um, some episodes may be cleaner. Some may be filled with language. Depends on my fantasy teams did this past week, right? Or my bets or my DFS lineups. Um, so that, just a word to the wise to everybody out there with that. But I, I'm very excited. Like this, this is a big deal. And this is going to allow us opportunities to create more episodes. And I think that's the direction we're going probably not until the end of the, this current NFL season, you know, I don't like taking away from any subscribers. I don't like taking away from any customers or listeners or readers or anything like that. I don't do that in season. Once we come up with a season plan, we stick to it. So the podcast will remain once a week through that. But I think in the days and weeks as the NFL regular season ends, we're going to start seeing a lot more episodes. we got a lot of great ideas to do, include a lot of the SXM family on the podcast as well, some more of the Fantasy Guru family as well. So I'm pretty pumped up about it. Um, 
and uh, excited about this here partnership. That is for sure. All right. So real quick, for those who don't know, the you know I started out SiriusXM back in – I agreed to terms back in 2010. I didn't get on the air until early 2011. I heard – I missed out on the first wave when they were hiring for the channel in June of 2010. Uh, I had won several awards and had a hot podcast at that point in time, but um, never really even got a meeting or anything with, uh, we didn't have a big enough company at that point. I had just moved from uh, scout fantasy football to fantasy alarm. Uh, so we, we were just starting out there kicking around, but got an opportunity, had great conversations with the serious XM people Back in late 2010, 2011, uh, I was a baseball replacement show hosting the Fantasy Alarm Show. We were the first, or not the first, it was my first opportunity on SiriusXM radio. I have always been a SiriusXM fan, and I'm not saying that as an uh, employee either, because quite honestly, I could shit on them if I want to on this podcast. They uh, have given me access to do so. They said, we'll talk normally, you know, and I will, but I mean, Howard Stern, for those who don't know my, I am a radio connoisseur. I love radio. I grew up, my mom drove a school bus and uh, for handicapped children and behavior disordered children, I would be on that bus in the summer times and she'd listen to her transistor radio was her life. So it became my life. It became the kid's life. And I've just listened. There's a song by the Ravens called Raised on the Radio. I got my favorite toy, right? And uh, that is my livelihood. That's what I grew up listening to Wally Phillips and Bob Collins and uh, Mike North and Manical Muller and these guys in Chicago. And I got a taste through the fight Manical Muller had with Howard Stern back in the day. You know, I was just a Chicago teenager at that point. And I thought it was the most incredible thing I'd ever heard. I didn't know really much about Howard Stern at that time because uh, he's in New York. I'm Chicago. It's, you know, but we had Steve Dahl and Kevin Matthews and Johnny B. Uh, good old Johnny B, man. Uh, morning show, The Loop, 97 died. We, we had all that in Chicago growing up, and I didn't realize that all these people were really just doing their version of what Howard Stern had done five 10 years before in well started technically Detroit, Washington, DC, and then obviously New York city and all that. And uh, so I've ended up finding Howard Stern, finding him. He was syndicated then in Chicago for a while in the mid nineties. And I just became a super fan and I've just always loved quality radio. I love the idea of a lot of people commuting and driving in their cars and, needed something to pass the time and and that whole understanding. I, I think it's a very important medium. I think it's very relevant here in 2022 as well. You know, maybe not through the transistor all the time, but like this app that you're listening to and on the networks like Pandora and Stitcher and, and all the others, uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, I think it's important and I think it's pretty, it's, so many people were like, traffic's not dying down. We're still in our cars all the time. We're still out and about. Now you can listen when you're on the toilet or in your backyard or in the car or in the pickup line at, at schools, right? Or driving home from work or driving to work or on your way to get coffee or whatever it may be. So I've always been a big radio fan. I fell in love with Stern late nineties was just a religious listener to him all the way through the K-Rock days and, you know, syndicated, of course. And then when he went to Sirius X, I'm like, all right, what's that? It's co pretty cool. It's the cable TV of, of radio, essentially, is what Sirius XM was. And Howard coming here tipped me off. I knew I ne immediately he had a whole station full of content. And, you know, the whole the rest is history. Uh, I've been a Sirius XM subscriber long before um, I was a part of the family here and uh, listened to Howard 100 and Howard 101 and Bubba Love Sponge when he was on. Remember Bubba? Um, and then, you know, you find other content there. And I'm very proud of the work and being 
going on my 13th year now at Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. Um, being able to start out as a weekend replacement show just for baseball season. And I worked my ass off to, to get to two days a week and to be a regular weekend show or one day a weekend show. Then two day, we went from just Saturday's replacement to Saturday's permanent. Then we took on Saturday, Sunday, eventually. Then we got Saturday, Sunday during the football season. And I had to fight for that and prove myself there. And, you know, I lost co-hosts along the way. Um, original co-host, you know, bowed out real early on. So I had to learn how to be, uh, at that point, I had never really done solo work, right? I have, it was always my dream to do like play-by-play or be the color analyst of the Chicago White Sox or one of the sports teams. Those were my dreams growing up. I wanted to be in broadcasting. I'd always had a fascination with it. I used to re- do tape recording sessions all the time of me calling games. And you know, I probably still have those tapes somewhere kicking around. And so it was always my dream to do this. And when I realized that podcasting was a thing, well, you didn't need the opportunity. You just got to get your tape out there, get yourself going. And that's what I did from like, oh, six to 2011, essential through current day, really. But, um, yeah, that, that's my background. And I think fantasy sports radio was a necessary thing because uh, the passion people have for the fantasy teams and now with daily fantasy and betting and all of it, uh, I just love what we do on the network. It's gone through radical changes from the time I got there in 2011 um, all the way through current day, and it will remain. It will keep going. We keep changing and evolving and you know, some see it for the better, some see it for the worse or whatever, but you got to keep going. That's the thing. And what I believe in the most is the people I work with, like Phil, Sandro, Jacob, Rob Tuesday as well. And that um, the listeners, that's the thing that never changes. You guys out there supporting the work by listening and hopefully, you know, we're engaging, entertaining, informing, and just, getting you you through your days wherever you've chosen to do so. And that's the job of a broadcaster, right? Um, I want to be right all the time. I would love to be, but you know, that's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. So you know, there needs to be some give and take with that. You need to understand, well, I'm not gonna, always going to be right. And I need to understand that, well, you're not going to be able to do things the way I want you to do things all the time and play the high stakes DFS contests and whatnot. So, you know, I just love that relationship between broadcaster and listener. And I'm excited to expand that here as well on Pandora, Stitcher, and uh, the SXM app. So, yeah, it's bigger, better things to come for sure. And I'm excited to get going. That's that's damn sure. All right. Now let's talk about – so this is what we normally do on the podcast. Recap the previous week in fantasy and DFS and everything else. And then we'll look ahead. I'll give you my survivor pick of the week, give you the one bet of the week and my upset special for week number eight today on the program. I want to talk about the trade deadline because it's upcoming. I will, um, you know, we saw the big James Robinson trade this past, uh, uh, week we saw Robert Quinn get traded to the Eagles. My God, that that Eagles defense looks absolutely phenomenal and out of sight. So that's a big acquisition for them as well. And this is also the last recording of this podcast I'll have before the NFL trade deadline on November 1st. So, you know, by the time we'll be reacting to anything else happens. So what I'm going to do today is just talk about some players that may get traded good landing spots, team needs um, at all the skill positions that affect fantasy football. And let's face it, that we're excited about as well. Right. So I I think all of that is in play and exciting as well. So we'll do that on the show today. I've got some ask man's anything questions posted in the discord over at fantasyguru.com. Uh, that I'll try to answer as many of those throughout the course of this show as well. Try to do an hour, but that's the good thing about this here show, everybody. If you're new, I can talk however long. If we want to do 30 to 45 minutes, we can do it. If we want to do an hour and 45 minutes, which I've done quite regularly straight by myself, I can do it. 
We could bring in guests or we could do anything we want, which is just awesome. You know, which is what just excites the hell out of me, especially going forward and having this platform is very exciting to do it on. So recap from week seven. Listen, the injuries are out of control. They're out of control. I've talked about this many, many times, and I will continue to do so. I get that people are scared to death of challenging the NFL or saying anything about play against player safety. Okay. But it needs to be clear. We need to all have an understanding. This is what pisses me off about cancel culture. Uh, Listen, some people should be canceled. That's not bullshit. Anybody. Some people should be canceled deserve it because they're bad people. They are trying to do harm, lie, cheat, and steal, all that. Other people make mistakes. Mistakes aren't cancelable. Should they be penalized? Absolutely. And then there are other things that aren't. And right now we live in a world for NFL where you cannot say anything about Tua Tonglevoa or any of the injuries or player safety without saying, oh, we really care about player safety. We really care. Well, of course we do. And I think that's understood. I mean, what kind of fucking monster do you have to be to not care that somebody has a spinal injury, massive head trauma, or you see Daniel Bellinger with his eye poked out of his skull? These are terrible things. Nobody wants that. And let's all be just straight up and honest with one another about it. Stop pretending. Stop pop posturing for your social media bullshit, right? Stop pretending you care when you don't. You don't have to care. I don't have to care as a fan. It's not our right, right? You guys listen to this show. If I get major diarrhea or if I, you know, shit, I had cancer back in 2017, intestinal cancer. Was it your job? Did everybody reach out, Jeff? Oh, my God. You know what? A lot of you did, and I appreciate every single one of it, but it's not your responsibility. It's a gracious, nice, wonderful thing that you could have empathy for me or anybody else, these players or anything else. But we're not owed that to anybody, right? We're engaging and we're taking in a product, the National Football League. What's happening in the NFL now is a joke. It's not not reality TV. It's fake. You can't pull a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown out of the game arbitrarily because you just don't like the way he's standing. That is absolute bullshit at the highest level. And this is going to catch up to the NFL here very soon. They're going to get – Josh Allen's going to get pulled or Mahomes or maybe it's Tom Brady. I'd, somebody. They will do – we already see it with the penalties. How many – wins two of the three wins for Tampa Bay have come on bullshit penalties. Be honest, the Atlanta game. And I forgot the earlier game with Cameron Brates, fake pass interference, defensive pass interference when he wasn't touched to the ball was through him, through his arms, right? Two plays that two wins, they shouldn't even have. That's how shitty Tampa Bay has been, but we're seeing the, whatever you want to call it, flip of a coin or, the calls by referees and players, what's happening with the medical decision makers? You're just deciding that a player doesn't stand right. So you're pulling them out of a game. And for all you bleeding hearts out there that, you know, are trying to pretend, Oh, you gotta be safe. You gotta be safe. Okay. How about this then? You know what you're doing? You know, you're taking away this player's opportunity. Do you know that players have, contracts with incentives in them to catch a certain amount, to play a certain amount, certain amount of games, snaps, catches, targets, yards, touchdowns. There's bonuses. So do you, you still feel good about yourself limiting them? No, you shouldn't. Unless you're an animal. You shouldn't feel good about that because you're restricting their ability to earn a living. And you're restricting their monetary compensation. Why? Listen, and that's where my entire point is we we need to live on the be cool method. And for some reason, certain amount of people can't be cool. Just be cool. You know, if a player's injured and he's badly injured, 
we all know that comes first. And now we're not worried about him getting snaps or touches or compensation or any of that. That's absolutely. We all understand that. Inherently, we know that. Why don't we play it on the other side then? Why don't we also say, hey, this guy's not hurt. He's a great player. He's having a good season. He's on his way to making a bigger contract and a better life for him, his family, his children. Right? But we're going to take it away because, well, you know, he could get hurt or maybe something bad happens. But then another player doesn't get taken off the field, and that player gets because the money's going to be spent. The salaries are going to be spent. You're just going to take it away from one and give to the other arbitrarily because you don't. It's it's absolute hogwash. And that's where the NFL's at. They're going to step in and they got to figure it out. And I worry immensely that we're in the divisional round of the 2022-23 NFL AFC playoffs and somebody, you know, they're from, you know, they're in the Kansas City metro area, but they went on to school and went to, you know, high John Hopkins medical school. And now they're working for the NFL and, you know, they've been away from Missouri for a while, but they're now, you know, they, they kind of a chiefs fan and, Oh, you know what? They just, Josh Allen gets hit hard. Chris Jones wraps them up and sacks them. And that are, that doctor is like, you know what? No, got to come out of the game. Josh Allen, you're out. Josh Allen gets up. He's fine. You know, Oh, maybe there was something with, a, you know, this helmet. Remember, it's not their head hitting the ground. It's their helmet. Okay. If you crash it into the ground, absolutely need to be evaluated. Absolutely got to make sure that brain's okay. No concussion, all that. Absolutely. But helmets are going to hit the ground. Just like knees and elbows and toes and everything. They're going to hit the ground. The helmet is a big piece of very hard plastic followed by a ton of padding on the inside to stabilize and you can touch the ground with your helmet slamming it no touching is fine but josh allen's head touches the ground and all of a sudden that missouri born doctor is like get the fuck out of this game yo then what then what do we do then who's cheated buffalo bills are cheated their fans are cheated the entire world is cheated. Who's watching the game? The millions of people we're all cheated. And, but what the doctor's just going to, what, what you told me, what, what I'm going to protect them. You don't want me to protect him. What, what it's too slippery of a slope. And we are in, we're getting in to real problem areas with the national football league. Um, other, so the injuries are out of control on that. I want to talk about where how's Bailey Zappy? Don't worry, be Zappy, everybody. How's that mania happen? Um, I am out of the. I lost six million dollars on Monday Night Football this week. Six million dollars is a lot of money. My Circus Sports Survivor contest is over, at least for me. Absolutely brutal to come to this ending, right? It is absolutely terrible that uh the chicago bears my hometown team that they eliminated my ass for picking the patriots on monday night i don't know how the patriots lose that game if matt jones plays that game i don't think the patriots lose i just don't think the bears would have had it although i gotta give them a ton of respect and a ton of love because Matt Eberflus, he's a smart dude. He's, he's, they don't have any talent. They've got one guy in Justin Fields, and Fields is taking that year two step that we talked about all early summer and late summer and draft season as a super flex quarterback option in fantasy. But we, that second year quarterback, that's where you define, that's where it's all defined. It's when Mahomes made his step, it's where Lamar made his step. It's where Herbert made a step. Although Herbert came off the bus pretty damn good, let's be honest. And that was a little more surprising. But you see that year two growth. We wanted to see it with Trevor Lawrence. We started to see it, we felt. And he's starting to regress. Where Fields started out, you know, in the rain against 49ers, a little slow. But we're seeing it. He's that modern quarterback. He throws the deep ball extremely well. 
He gets out of the pocket extremely well. He runs very well. And, you know, he's making plays out of nothing with no help at wide receiver whatsoever. So it, it's just amazing. Um, it, so that circus contest is over for me. Um, I was one of the 175 people that had the Patriots. There's only 125 people out of 6,100 left. That's 2% of the entries in Circa Survivor. That's incredible. I'm very bummed about it that we lost. But like I told my crew over at Fantasy Guru, there's sometimes you're just going to lose. You know, we made the best play available. I'll tell you this whole week, week seven at least, I was going to be eliminated no matter what. Like we didn't have Tampa Bay left, but I would have absolutely thought about Tampa Bay. My team was the Chargers against Seattle. They were going to win that game going away. I had no doubt. And that didn't happen. You know, the one seed was the Patriots said it on this podcast. Chargers are my second team. No question. Tampa, if they were, there, were probably going to be my second, if not definitely third, all of them lost. So I was going to lose no matter what. There was just no other way around it. And sometimes that happens. I'm not going to try to pick upsets or crazy bullshit type picks. That's also not the way to win these kind of contests. So that was a real shitty way to go out, but there's no real good way to go out, especially when you have $6 million on the line and you're down to last couple hundred people. Whew. That, you know, just, that is a tough pill to swallow, but excited about it and happy and not excited about it. Excited to have been a part of it, you know, Onward and upward. We still have business at hand. Daily fantasy football had a losing week on FanDuel this past week. Again, um, third one out of seven weeks. I don't like that, but I'm on Ross St. Brown and Corey Davis. You have two guys in one cash game lineup that go down. There's nothing that can be done. And like I said about Amon Ra, he didn't even have an injury. At least Corey Davis had an injury, but we've had Trey Lance, Teddy Bridgewater, David Montgomery and Amon Ross St. Brown in seven weeks. We've had four. Every one of those injuries, if you notice, they're all on the first drive of the game. Some, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but this is getting ridiculous. At least give me an injury in the third quarter or fourth quarter. How come it's the first drive of every one of those games? Anybody else see this? How in the hell? Are you going to tell me that every fucking one of these guys are going to get hurt on the first drive in the first quarter and they just happen to be in the core four? Are you fucking crazy? Well, that's what happened. So, again, you take your lumps. Here's the thing. I, I want to talk a little bit on the show. and We'll get into the trades I want to see made and everything else. I want to talk about confidence a little bit. I I talked about it on the the radio show a bunch, and I know a lot of the podcasts I've mentioned these things, but think about what I just said. You can sense I just cursed. I have very strong conviction. I'm very upset about losing. I don't like to lose. I'm the most competitive person. Trust me, as competitive as any of you think you are, you have no idea. I'm a monster when it comes to competition. I just I crave it. I need it. I, I will compete on anything, I, but I compete in things I know I can win based on work ethic or knowledge or whatever it has to be. I want to compete in something I have a legitimate chance at. Um, and that's where my confidence comes from. People ask me all the time, well, what makes you so confident? What makes you so sure? It's, it's, it's the work that makes me sure. It's that I'm not guessing on this. I know our industry has become full of a lot of guessing and automation and we'll just churn it out and we'll all just go, you know, we'll all jump from, we all will agree that we'll, we'll jump from one player, you know, quarterback. Well, Carson Wentz is the new thing in Washington after two weeks and after three weeks, it's golf. And after four weeks, it's Gino. And after five weeks, it's uh, it was Matt Ryan after six Remember, I mean, it, it's just like we're just doing the same thing. 
And I don't subscribe to that. I'm not following that. I planned out, I said it on the radio show and fantasy guru subscribers. Now, I, I had the whole year planned out. Already been locked and loaded. Every game, there's not a game, every player projected, snaps, timeshare, targets, touches, every everything, every part of it. Obviously, nowhere close to going to be right. Right. And that the expectation wasn't, oh, I'm going to be right on to this. No, the expectation is I went through the process. And now I'm aware that as things go, certain players will take longer time. Unfortunately, I have not never figured out a way, and I don't know anybody else that's figured out a way to get into timing it perfectly. Winning when you want, losing when it's presentable and it's okay. I don't know. There's no possible way for it. For me, fantasy football and even sports betting, and it's about building and maintaining the process. Repeat, rinsing and repeating, rinsing and repeating, rinsing and repeating. Okay. So staying with it and coming out ahead at the end. And in this term, like for seasonal, it's weeks one through 18. If you have a week 17 championship, that's the only game that ma- is going to matter. The only game that really matters in seasonal is week 17. Uh, every other week is just to get to that point. It's all it's only one thing matters. So to freak out about anything that happens a week, six, seven, eight, four, two, one, 11, 13, it does. It's irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. Cause no matter the, solution at the end of it, whether you win by a lot, lose by a lot is to move on to keep going. That's the only thing. So nothing changes. How could you be so sure in Kaba? Well, we've gone through all this and when we need to make adjustments, we make adjustments, but that you see it happening. I hope you all are seeing it happening. Last couple first couple, it was a slow start for some of the players that I was high on, but we saw Alan Lazard, pop the last couple weeks now he's hurt of course but we saw Isaiah Pacheco take over the Kansas City backfield finally we saw Nicole Hardman we saw Juju Smith-Schuster right even when Kelsey was doing 90% of the work in the receiving it everyone asked me where where are we doing Hardman where are we doing Juju staying staying on them we're on them keep being on them that's what we're doing how can you be so sure we just are you, all of you listening, you need to be, you need to believe in yourselves better. I think a lot of the chasing that's done in fantasy sports and betting too is it comes from deep within where you're not fulfilled, you're not happy, or it's the competitiveness, whatever it may be. I'm no psychiatrist. I have no idea. I don't know what does it to me. Uh, me and my therapist will work it out years from now. But I know that over the time, no one's going to outwork me. No one's going to outthink me. Not in the long term. Short term, yeah, easy. But I'm never going to stop. And even if I'm miles behind, I'm going to keep coming. And they're going to, like the tortoise and the hare, the tortoise or the hare is going to get out to a huge head start. But I'm the tortoise. I'll just keep going. Slow and steady, slow and steady, slow and steady. And I'll wait for the the hair to make that mistake and I'll overtake him. Right? Whatever, just keep plodding along. And you guys listen to fantasy radio and you listen to podcasts and your subscribers or you're just in the know. So stop doubting yourself so much. You'd be surprised. I wish I could sit here and say, oh, this whole industry is full of the best and brightest in the world. And I unfortunately can't do that. I've seen too much people going to brunch during games and not watching sports and thinking players are robots like Madden characters or something. I've seen too much of it to not come to the conclusion that a lot of the diehard listeners out there are actually a lot better players than a good deal of analysts. So analysts have tricks. There's a whole trick in this industry I've talked about many times. It's always about the next player. If you constantly tout the backup, you're constantly going to be ahead of the crowd. You're constantly 
popular. Why? Because the backups are always popular. We all know this. We all know it. Right? I I like backups too. I talked about some backups, but mine are very specific. I tell you, these eight teams you want to handcuff. These are the running backs you want. You handcuff them. If you have to get three of them, you get three of them. Whatever you have to do, don't go after everybody. So that narrows my reach. Other analysts are able to say, ah, like all the backups. Just tout a different backup every single week. Because when the backup doesn't get playing time, what's the reason they didn't do anything? Well, because they didn't get playing time. All right? And so you just keep rooting for the backup, keep cheering for them. Oh, come on. I want this guy. And if he does one eight-yard run, it's like, yeah, they need more of that. He's average eight yards a carry. But as soon as the starter goes down, the backup goes, think of all the people, Michael Carter. Talk about Michael Carter. And then Brees Hall goes down this week, out for the season, and they immediately go trade for James Robinson, which, by the way, I really like that acquisition. I hope James Robinson is healthy. I worry that's what got him out of favor in Jacksonville after a tremendous start. But, oh, well, um, you can't make a deal and you have to pass a physical, which James Robinson did. So uh, that's that's a problem. I have bigger problem with Elijah Veer Tucker on injured reserve right now. You know, they lost, they have, the Jets now have lost their starting left tackle, Mekhi Becton, and starting right tackle. So all of a sudden, they replaced the left tackle with Dwayne Brown fantastically. McGovern, or Brown, Tomlinson, and Connor McGovern in the middle have been fantastic. That left side is balling. And James Robinson or Michael Carter, they could run right through that left side. But now the right side, Nate Herbig, seen him in Philadelphia before. Moderate can plug in. He's their starter at right guard. Right tackle, Mike Remmers, veteran who's been around for years. Um, or uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Mike Remmers, right? Yeah. He's been around for years and years. I think that's his name. I got it. Now I'm second guessing myself. But either way, steps in at right tackle. Whew. You know, you got you got problems on the right side. So I don't think they'll be as effective. But it's a good landing spot for James Robinson, and it clears the way for ETN as well. But just getting back to that, you know these things, you study these things, believe in them, believe in yourself. You don't then your answer, the solution to whatever you're feeling, whatever you think you're missing on the inside, is not the next thing. You don't have to make a trade. I think there's as fans, we let's be honest how dumb we all are as fans. When we have our fan hat on, we always think more moves. Oh, if I was in charge, I'd be doing this and I'd be doing that and this and that. We we always moves on moves. We see it in fantasy. Everybody, we all have that guy in our league that has a thousand roster moves, and everybody else has four, five. I am notoriously the four or five guy. I don't make a lot of moves. Some teams have to manage more than others. I'll make more moves. But overall, this is not a lot to look at. It's not a lot of moves to make. And you're making a move just to make a move doesn't do anything for you. You're not shaking these guys up. These guys don't know we exist. Let's be honest. So don't, do not confuse activity with accomplishment. It's not the trades that you need to have. It's not the waivers. It's not the next guy. The next guy's not going to solve you, right? That's not what's going to happen, right? That's not going to help whatsoever. I'm looking at one of my leagues right now, and I've there's how many, and this is an expert league, and guys made 57 moves, 57, 40. Uh, next one is 30 on the nose, so 40 to 30, 28, 15, 10, then there's seven, and there's there's me sitting there with six. Six moves on the entire year, one per week. So, see? Oh, actually, there's oh, well, seven weeks through, so I'm one behind. All right. That's it. One one move, one waiver move a week. I need 50. Why are you doing 50 moves? What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, and these are not people that are in the – 
the highest part of their standings either. Just bananas to me. Just absolutely crazy. Anyway, uh, believe in yourself. You know more than you think. Trust yourself. Trust your gut. Come to conclusions. Sit back. Think through a decision, a waiver move, a trade. Starts and sits. Think all the way through it. And then be okay living with those decisions. All right. Um, that being said, yeah, that that's my basic takeaways for weekend. I think there's some other interesting items in the NFL this week. Do you guys realize that like free agent running backs, this is something that is not going away. It, it was a it, big thing in the nineties and two thousands when running backs used to get paid. And then especially the late two thousands, early 2010s, when the running, we all realized, Oh, running backs don't really work after 30. They're not really effective anymore. It's a young man's position, yada, yada, yada. We realized, all right, contract year for a running back brings an explosive number or amount of production from a fantasy perspective, right? Well, look at it this way, where like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, two of the top four players in fantasy football at the running back position, and two players, mind you, that were not thought upon. I was higher than most on Jacobs. I was also lower than some on Barkley. These are both impending free agents. Same with Melvin Gordon, who's Denver kind of screwed out of that situation. Nobody's crying for Gordon, but he improved position with Javante Williams going down. Miles Sanders, who's balling out for the first time in his entire career, well, at least since his rookie campaign, he's an impending free agent. Kareem Hunt isn't getting nearly the chance. That's why he's a trade candidate. I'll talk about that in a second. Latavius Murray, obviously, because he just signed. Jeff Wilson. Kenyon Drake, who had that monster game before Gus the Bus came back. Like, look at these guys. David Montgomery went healthy, of course. David Singletary has looked very good. Free, you, James Robinson was that other guy, which is why Jacksonville easily could trade him. Not that they had a lot invested anyway. Um, but, I mean, just look at these names of the upcoming free agent running backs. You're like, wow, you'd be hard-pressed to find one that's having a bad season or at least not improving position somewhere. Dontrell freaking Hilliard is doing – better work than he's done in years and years. You know, I I mean, Jamal Williams, hmm? Rashad Penny before he got hurt, Raheem Mostert, Deontay Foreman. I can't find one that's not. Oh, Ronald Jones, because he doesn't get any opportunity, but he was only on a one-year deal anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But I'm saying the free agent running backs, man, I don't think they're going away. And the best thing about them is they're not going to – lit nagging injuries it's a brutal position to play running back it's it's brutal to play in the nfl let's be honest no matter what position so i talked about with injuries and the health of players we all hope for the best but there's no way to be an nfl running back and not get banged up there's no way if you think you could wake up in the morning and come up with a, a reasonable excuse not to go into your job what if you were a running back and smashed around every day and just I mean, you get tackled 20, 30 times per Sunday, Monday, Thursday. That's, I mean, think about how your body's going to feel. But these guys are going to keep going because they know their next paycheck and the size of that paycheck demands it. And do not lose sight going into next year about free agent to be running backs because they are the gold mine of fantasy football have been are currently and forever will be. Let's talk about uh, some trades that could be made. So November 1st, the trade deadline here, uh, we're recording this. You'll hear it on the 27th of October. So we got about a week left. We saw the James Robinson trade. We saw your moves being made. I want to go through a couple of my favorites and some real good landing spots four different positions and let's start I'll start out with quarterback for instance now I thought it was amazing that Frank Reich and the Indianapolis Colts are benching Matt Ryan that's crazy 
you don't see veterans like that benched. They were they were sucking his dick to come over, and now you're gonna bench him for Sam Ellinger? Holy cow! Second year quarterback, really? I listen. I think it's the right move to make. Probably, I think Ellinger. Why not get a live arm in there? But that's straight balls by the Indianapolis Colts. All right. So nobody's really safe. Quarterback plays way down as we know in fantasy football. We were, we preached elite quarterback all preseason long and it's worked out immaculately this year. People wanted to bitch at me for Justin Herbert and the core four of DFS last week. And he was quarterback five in the entire slate, the entire week. How can you bitch about that? That's what he's one of the top performers, dude. Just because that number is lower than it was a year ago or two years ago, so be it. That's look at running backs. It's all relative. We're in a com- we're in a competitive environment, and what matters is scoring more points than your opponent. If there are less points to go around, higher percentage of those points becomes more and more important. Anyway. How about this trade? Where I mean, this is one that's just out there. It's never going to happen, but I wanted to bring it up. Why wouldn't they trade Matt Ryan at this point? Why wouldn't you? I'd say screw it. Let's go Matt Ryan to New England. <laughs> so what Bill Belichick wants, he wants to stand in the pocket quarterback, veteran savvy, check it down. Be a perfect trade. Well, we have Zappy. Zappy ain't shit right now. He got his ass kicked by the Chicago Bears. Mac Jones, first rounder. Well, you pulled him. I again, I know it's never gonna happen, but he went to Boston College. Right. Um, so yeah, Matt Ryan to New England. Be a good fit if there ever was one. It uh, will never happen in a million years, but I'd love to see that trade made. A trade that I actually proposed before the season started and I'm going to remain on it is Kareem Hunt to Los Angeles. Now say whatever you want about me and my analysis and been right on things and wrong on things. I told you about Cam Akers going away, told you and told you and told you. And that, by the way, that was not being a fanboy or any, I love Cam Akers. If you recall, talked about so much in the pre-draft, I got his agent sent me a t-shirt with Cam Akers' name and everything on it, and signed and the whole deal. So I've, oh, I'm a Cam Akers fan. Want him to be healthy. Want him to be right. But he's not. We have, uh, have to say what's right. And Cam Akers, since the Achilles, came back too early. I said it during the playoffs last year. He looked terrible. It wasn't himself. And we've seen it. And now he's on the outs in L.A., so... You know, where would Cam Akers? I'd like to see him. I would love to see Cam Akers join some sort. He needs to be like a backup in a really good situation, right? Like that's a good, that's a, would, would be a great spot for a guy like Cam Akers. Um, for me, kind of look at what about, uh, I, I can't, Houston, I guess, blah. Houston needs a backup desperately. Don't really have one. That would make sense. Carolina, he's just going to be there with Shuba and Deontay Foreman anyway. I don't really love that. Too much of a workload in places like Philadelphia and Atlanta. So, although Jacksonville has got ties to Jacksonville, now that they are in the market for a backup, and they do need one, you know, without James Robinson, Travis Etienne has been hurt. So... Um, I think there's something possibly there with Akers going to Jacksonville, but I want to see Kareem Hunt in Los Angeles. I think he, him running Sean McVay's uh, zone blocking, outside zone blocking scheme would be a very good fit. Being able to catch the ball, be a check down for Matt Ryan, a reliable receiver. And why not? If you're the Cleveland Browns, I really do think Kareem Hunt gets traded because Dearness Johnson has proved very, very capable, and you drafted Jerome Ford behind him. He's their parent to Kareem Hunt anyway. Plus, you have Deshaun Watson that's going to run the ball and make your downfield pass the game that much better. 
So you're not, it's just, you might as well pick up some picks or whatever it takes a piece on defense to plug that terrible run defense right now, a defense tackle um, to get away from Kareem hunt and him in LA would be a very, very good fit and a very productive one at that. So I like that one. Others that may not get talked about nearly as much. How about San Francisco getting rid of their plethora of running backs? You have Christian McCaffrey. What do you need the rest of these running backs for? I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Jeff Wilson Jr. go to Miami, right? Chase Edmonds hasn't been it. Chase Edmonds has not been it. Now, Miami leaning on Raheem Mostert, we know that's not going to hold up well. We know it's just a matter of time. So a guy like Wilson, that will cost absolutely nothing, that has experience in Mike McDaniel's offense, that has complimented Raheem Mostert in the past, Seems to me like would make a great fit. They don't, you got Elijah Mitchell coming back, Tyron Davis Price, and Jordan Mason. What's going to happen with Jordan Mason? He's already on the inactive. Going to put him on the practice squad after all he's shown. That McCaffrey move basically put the futures of four running backs really up in the air in San Francisco. One of them's going to get moved, if not multiple. And I think that would be a brilliant move for John Lynch and the 49ers coaching staff to get some of those picks. They didn't even give any picks. To give away a bunch of garbage late round picks for McCaffrey. They're crying out loud. So yeah, give me Jeff Wilson to Miami. Um, yeah, I like that one. Here's another one. Now, this isn't a trade. This is something I'm absolutely 100 percent positive is going to happen. All right. And that it's a free agent signing. And um yeah, it, it's Odell Beckham Jr. He is 100% going to sign with the Green Bay Packers. 100% happening, everybody. I'm absolutely, positively sure about it. Supposedly, he's right in the middle of his rehab or towards the end of the rehab. Could possibly be back in the field in a couple of weeks. Could start playing in games in early December. Um, the Vikings are kind of running away with this division. And especially if they win this week against Arizona and Packers lose as expected on the road to Buffalo, like this is, it's almost end game. It's almost over for the Green Bay Packers within that division, at least. But the NFC is dog shit. And even though you have... The NFC East is doing very well with the Giants and Cowboys being competitive... That seventh spot is wide open and Packers will very much be in play for that. And if they're very much in play for that final spot in the playoffs, that could do some damage. If you get Aaron Rodgers and that running game in December and January with an Odell Beckham deep threat. So Beckham's going to sign with the Packers. I'm sure of it, by the way, the other move, how about this move? Here's something I bet you folks have not really thought about. <clears throat> Kenny Galladay's got to get the fuck out of New York, right? He's got to get out of that. There's no question. Got to trade him. What about Kenny Galladay back with Matt Stafford in Los Angeles? Why not? Wouldn't that just make sense? I'm sure we're sure he's lost a step. He knows how to get single cover with Cooper Cup running all over and demanding all that safety attention. Put Galladay on the outside and Stafford throw it up to him like they did in Detroit. I feel like that's the move. And it's not, they're not going to pay any of that salary. LA, they're not going to have to take on any of that. They don't care about draft picks. That's what I'd like to see. Chase Claypool in Pittsburgh. George Pickens is the alpha. He's the number one receiver in Pittsburgh. It's not Deontay Johnson. It is a thousand percent George Pickens. So Claypool's expendable. Chase Claypool to Chicago. Imagine Claypool with Justin Fields. Give him a big, sizable downfield target. Guy who could run after the catch as well. It's a tremendous fit for Alan Williams. Uh, I'm sorry, Luke Getze's offense. Alan Williams' defense coordinator. It's a good fit. I would love to see Chase Claypool in a Bears uniform. I think that's a good one. 
Here's another trade that has to happen. We got the news today. If you, you know, I'm sure it's all over by now, obviously, but Andy Dalton starting for the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston is healthy. He's going to back up Dalton. There's arguments that he may be even the quarterback three behind technically Taysom Hill, who will take more snaps. Michael Thomas is just in limbo. Michael Thomas will not play with Andy Dalton. That's it. We know it. He doesn't want to. He's not interested. He keeps having to come up with all of these excuses of why not. How about Michael Thomas to Cleveland? Michael Thomas opposite Amari Cooper. Good little gift for Jacoby Brissett's final couple weeks. And then eventually Deshaun Watson throwing a Thomas and Cooper with Nick Chubb in the backfield, that offensive line. It's the best offense in football at that point. I think that's a one that's a receiver trade landing spot that I think would work as well. By the way, I want to hear from you guys. What other trades call it before it happens, folks. Don't say you knew it before at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter. You can also tweet now at SiriusXM fantasy on that as well, even for the podcast. Cause it's on the SXM app, baby. If you're listening there, let's, I want to see, by the way, screenshots at Jeff underscore man's how you guys are listening to one man's opinion, the podcast that continues to sweep the nation. I want to hear from you on that. Don't forget about Kyron Williams in Los Angeles as well. I talked about some trade possibilities, but if Kareem Hunt doesn't go there, Kyron Williams should be off the injured list very, very soon or off of injured reserve. With that being said, he's already been designated. That was like a week ago. So the 21 day thing, they think people close to LA says he's going to have a big role unless they trade for another running back. So I'd be getting Kyron Williams on the waiver wire very, very quickly as well. All right, some ask commands, anything, questions from our Discord over at fantasyguru.com. How much can we use previous week's defense performance to project next week's game script? Zero. Uh, unfortunately, every game is a season. Every team, you know, are there wrinkles that teams incorporate that are different previous weeks? Yes, but their identity, it's in their DNA. It's if you put a steak in front of a lion, eventually he's going to eat it. He may pace around it. He may go get a drink of water or something else for a while, but he's eventually going to eat that steak. These teams have schemes and playbooks. They're going to do what they do. They may change during a bye week. They'll start throwing things. That's why I said McCaffrey wouldn't play much last week because you can't just decide. You can't just change. Can't change your offense to fit somebody just because you want to. There's not enough hours or time in the week. It takes a lot. Uh, another question, standalone value for backup running backs, Eno versus Dylan versus White, et cetera, running backs and receivers to keep on our radar. Um, standalone running back, I, I'm telling you, I'm not getting rid of A.J. Dillon. I'm not. Rashad White is interesting. I got to say, Leonard Fournette shot to me. All of his value is in catching the football. He couldn't execute fourth and ones two of the last three weeks can't get to the outside at all. He's barely rushing for 40 yards a game. They have to do something because can't just be Brady. I love AJ Dillon a lot. Jamal Williams, the best ones, the same guys I told you before the season that you want to back up, technically a backup that also has a current role, right? So sort of a split backfield where if one goes down, the other takes over. Now, it backfired on us with Denver, Javante and Melvin Gordon. Javante goes down. Melvin Gordon didn't get the job. Then he kind of did get the job. Then Lat Murray was back in scoring touchdowns again last week. So, like, a Clyde Edwards-Alaire makes a lot of sense in uh, in Kansas City. Um, whoever steps up in Cleveland, whether it be, you know, Kareem Hunt, of course. A lot of standalone potential there. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, when he returns in Baltimore, um, has a lot of standalone. Uh, James Cook in Buffalo for Devin Singletary, a lot of standalone value. A.J. Dillon's the cream of the crop. Tony Pollard going to be the workhorse this week against Chicago as it is, but he's a huge value, as you'll see here as well. Uh, Jamal Williams, you'll see, has a ton of standalone value. Mark Ingram, a ton of standalone value for, you know, that he gets enough playing time 
touches. And if something happens to the starter, those guys go down. How are we in week eight already? feels like we just stood. It's uh, true. What are some things we should be doing right now for prep for the playoffs? Uh, don't, no, don't, don't even look at it. Don't look at where you stand. Don't every week you have to win. Just try to win every week and try to do the best you possibly can for the short term. Even though it backfired on us, one of the best things I told our group for the whole survivor circus survivor contest. Uh, don't worry about Thanksgiving slates. Don't worry about Christmas. Don't worry about the future. We're going to use this team this week. And that's no, you're not. Cause all of a sudden a quarterback goes down and you know, Carolina was a tough team on paper, whether you, you want to admit it or not, that was a, that's a really good team to start the season. And Baker Mayfield could easily launch them to the top of that division. However, now they traded their injury happens. They trade away their guy. They're obviously tanking. So <laughs> things change. Get through this week, survive and advance. That's uh, that's what I'll say. How to stay calm, not add drop just because you have a losing record. I actually talked about that earlier in this show. So I think we hit that Ted's plus 30 Iowa bet. No comment. How to use the coaching breakdowns in season. I, I mean, this is coaching breakdowns, the best thing we do at fantasyguru.com. And you go back and look at what these teams are. Go If you have an underperforming player or players, go read the coaching breakdowns. See whether or not you missed something in the beginning of it or not. And figure it all out, right? That's what you have to do. You don't have to do, you don't have to be ridiculous in making roster moves. Go back, look at what these teams do well, what the design of the offense is, what the focal points of the offense is, and invest in those. Get the focal points of every offense. That's what the coaching breakdowns teach us and try to get us to do. So there you go. Um, all right, folks. I'm at about an hour right now. I've got a bunch of other questions to get to. I'll answer these on the XM show and in future podcasts. We've got them saved and locked in. But as always, we want to look ahead to week eight in the NFL and fantasy football. So as we do that, let's get to our survivor team of the week. Even though I'm out, I mean, you are, or a lot of reset survivor contests out there also. Give me Dallas over Chicago. Backfired on us. I don't care. I'm going right back to it. Dak Prescott is back. The Cowboys are going to wipe the floor with the Bears. 10-point spread. Give me the Dallas Cowboys. My favorite bet this week. Hmm. There's a bunch of interesting spreads. You notice there's a ton of close games. Vegas, New Orleans. New England, the Jets. Uh, Miami, Detroit. Tennessee, Houston. Indy, Washington. San Francisco, the Rams. Giants, Seattle. Even Cincinnati, Cleveland, they're all under three, three points and under. But I like one of them in particular. Get, even though I, it's not the best thing to do to take a road favorite, I'm going to do it. Miami is a lot better than the Detroit Lions. And I like Detroit, like what Dan Campbell has done. Jared Goff at home is much better than he is on the road. So Detroit does have a fighting chance in the game, but Miami's a powerhouse. And when I did my wide receiver coverage matchups this week, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle present just impossible matchups for that Detroit secondary. I mean, impossible. They can't physically, they can't keep up speed wise. Can't do it. So give me Miami minus three easy. And then the upset of the week, this is one I'm on another upset. I'm pretty confident. I've been hot on my upsets lately. My favorites, not so much, but my upsets have been red hot. Uh, Arizona's going to beat Minnesota. Minnesota overachieved before their bye week. I think that put them into a false sense of security. I went back and watched that New Orleans-Arizona game one more time, and this is the offense that's dangerous. This is Kyler Murray at his best, but he is getting the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, not dropping passes, keeping his feet inbounds, running after the catch, all the gadgetry and nonsense. Don't forget, Kyler Murray threw for 400 yards 
and rushed for another 50 more and four combined total touchdowns against the Vikings last season in Arizona. And Minnesota's record is very good. Their defense is not that much better than it was a year ago. I think Arizona goes in and beats the Minnesota Vikings this week. So there you go. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up. Once again, thank you all for downloading, sharing, liking, favoriting, commenting on the podcast, wherever you have found it. Please leave that comments and the feedbacks, even if you don't like it, you want something changed or whatever you, I really, really relish the feedback, the observations. We want to make the show better. We're going to be pumping out more episodes. Thank you to Sirius XM. Thank you to Pandora and Stitcher for picking us up on their networks. And thank you to all of you who have listened for the first time. Thanks to the new platform of this podcast. We'll have a new episode out every week through the regular season. And then we're going to ramp up. We're going to get this show going live. I don't know if we're going to do daily episodes or every couple days. or I'm not exactly sure, but I know it's going to be more. And I can't freaking wait for it. Remember, follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans, all one word, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Hear me weekday afternoons, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. It's also available on the SXM app if you are indeed listening there. The Super Mans Bowl Contest, superdraft.io. Of all the places to play cash games, I am 6-1 and one this season on Superdraft. To me, it's the easiest place to play. You don't have lineup trains. You don't even have to worry about salaries. You could plug in all, all the best plays. If you want to play Saquon Barkley and Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and whoever else, Cooper Cup every single week, you can do it exclusively at superdraft.io and the Superman's Bowl, two tickets, Super Bowl 57 in Arizona, plus meet and greet party with me and other Elite Mafia members. Going to be a blast. It's play.superdraft.io slash mans. That's play.superdraft.io slash mans. There you go. Get into that while you can, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in, downloading, and favoring in this podcast. We will be back next week and every week going forward with a fresh new episode. Remember, you may disagree with some or maybe every single thing that you heard on today's show, and that's perfectly all right. Why? Because it's one man's opinion, baby. See you next time, everybody. Do so. Uh-huh.